Hey, this is Cheech. And this is Chong. And you're listening to Lifestyle Radio. What is it? Lifestyle Radio. Say it one more time. 420 Radio? Ooh. You're listening to Lifestyle Radio. What are you doing? Nothing. Nothing? Why not? Trying to get on this Lifestyle Radio website. Sounds like a cool website. Yeah, it's alright. Oh, yeah, I might have it. You might have it. You're listening to Lifestyle Radio. The opinions expressed during this show <laughs> are those of the individual You're participants all sick. and do not necessarily this is the first time reflect the sick. associated organization. I can hear you better now, Al. Alright. Oh. Um, hey, everybody. Are you ready to go? By the way, we're gonna we're we're going live from uh, 420radio.ca. If you want to listen to it live, you don't have to watch it live. You can do whatever makes you happy. But today we've got me. Are we live, Al? We are. And and just so yeah. everybody knows, you can catch us right now on Spotify, on Spreaker, and on uh, there's other places, but I can't remember. What do you mean? It's live on Spotify or it'll be up on Spotify after? Actually, I think they do it live on Spotify. I'm yeah. not sure. I didn't know that. Yeah, mm. because somebody said that they were listening to the show on Spotify while we were doing it. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know. But in your chair, you look so short. Yeah, no. I'm I didn't know that. Okay. Four. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, um, this. What are we? <laughs> welcome to. The higher estate where we talk about all things related to health and wellness and cannabis. Uh, we're here to bridge the gap between medicine and the lifestyle world. Today, I apologize. We were supposed to have um, uh, Unity uh, Unity from uh, BC. She came in and unfortunately was unable to be here because, I don't know, screwed up her times maybe, trying to get between here and going to visit a licensed producer in Leamington, Ontario. Which I still think is an hour drive. So it's actually it's in Alstire and it's two hours away. Alistair Alistair or Alistair? A Y L S T O. Alistair, yeah. And it's an hour and fifty four minutes from here. I looked it up, exact address. Leamington. You look like is, Wolverine, by the Le- way. Leamington is three hours <laughs> and fifty look, minutes from look here. Look at him. You can you can see him. He's got his beard hanging up. By yeah. the way. Yeah, you can't. But by the way, I have the flu. Today it's uh t- just Tyler and I. Uh we're gonna be chatting. Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> okay. You know, he looks like Wolverine. He's got this red beard hanging out the side of a uh, – this is how we roll here. We make you wear – if you're sick, you're putting on a mask because nobody wants what, what you've got. Oh, I look like I'm for Halloween. Please take a picture. Okay. Yeah. We'll take a picture at the end. He, uh, he literally has a mask on, uh, a surgical mask because otherwise um, – well, I'm not getting sick. For the first yeah. time in forever, I am not sick. Yeah, and I'd like oh, to keep it that on. way. Come on, you liked being sick with me the last time. I don't. I don't like being sick, Al. By the way, for those who are also listening on Instagram, uh, Al, you're hearing through a speaker. Yeah, we're uh, gonna fix that. <laughs> yeah, we're well. We're we'll make it all. Al, Al is convinced that I have no idea what I'm doing, and that's probably <laughs> kind of true when it comes to this technology stuff. Oh, also, by the way, we usually have Lucas who's doing our recording, and. Uh, you know, this is the problem with cannabis people. He slept through <laughs> he slept through his his uh, his alarm at, at three o'clock in the afternoon. He says I took a nap, and uh, so I would have loved a nap. I would have loved a nap too. I had a nap this afternoon too. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful! I, I um, nap in between shows. Can't you nap in between patients? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, just imagine that. Hey, I'll see you in twenty minutes. I mean, even ten minutes. Ask, five minutes. <laughs> yeah, ask Tyler how much extra time. I mean, our clinics only run five hours, but the time that it takes to set up a clinic, the time that you're with patients, it's exhausting. Is it exhausting? It's a lot of work. Well, you got I. When people are checking out, I'm going to talk to at least fifty people that day. Wow. And that's not even every person because we try and get through at least sixty. Yeah, we try 60 to see is our number sixty patients in a clinic, Al. With uh, four uh, medical assistants or so three medical assistants and one staff. Let's do some math here. Sixty patients in sixty minutes. No, five, no, no, hour, no, five no, hours. Five hours. So that you're looking at uh, what? Uh, 
10 patients an hour? Yeah, yep. you're looking at about 10 patients yep. an hour. And we used what, to see... What is it that goes on? You come in, you get your paperwork together, you fill out forms, you say yes, no. So, no, 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 no. So, uh, I mean... To come to our clinic, we practice good medicine. Yeah. When we say 10 patients an hour, it's not 10 patients an hour by one doctor. Right. It's uh, 10 patients an hour by four doctors. Yes. So really, they're only seeing two, two and a half. Why is that? It what? seems like we should be seeing way more patients. Well, it's because there's... Yeah, uh, yeah, nothing to say now. Uh, Why are we only are seeing... You... I can explain it. Okay. It's what? Oh, why are you, you know, it's not. Okay, talk to Dr. Aziz. It's not, okay, that's funny. I've got, no, it's not. There's no legality around how many patients a person can see. So one physician can see 70 patients in five hours? That's correct, but it's not. And they're all 15-minute consults? That doesn't add up. What what is the standard? Hold on, stop. They're not, I'm going to just explain something. It's not a time-based code. Okay. We don't. We're not doing it. So Tyler's under the impression, and rightfully so. I'm glad that at least that they're uh, we're they're trying to abide by all of the legislation and law. The idea, which Tyler was just mentioning off of uh, speaker, was that he can't see more than one physician can't see more than uh, uh, sixty patients or whatever it is because uh, there's a fifteen minute. Uh, time and we're talking about follow-up patients now. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a 15-minute time time slot for the billing code or whatever. Oh, okay. So in in actuality, though, I'm glad that they that that at least they thought about it. But there is no the codes the 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 medical codes that we use here in our mm-hmm. clinic aren't time-based codes. Mm-hmm. They're assessment-based codes, which means we have to do certain parts of an assessment in order to bill that code through the Ontario uh, through OHIP. You agreed with him like and, three weeks ago. Right, no. So there. the reason why I agreed with him is because it might be overwhelming to him. Okay. Uh, if it, if he feels overwhelmed, at the end of the day, the physician has to feel comfortable seeing those patients. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel comfortable, you can't do it. I was seeing 80 patients, no problem. And it's not just me seeing 80 patients mm-hmm. because I go in and review those patients. It's the it's the four there's four people at a time seeing 80, yeah. uh, seeing all those patients over five hours. So that's only four patients each an hour. That's 15 minutes a patient. Mm-hmm. That's what so, should be happening. Can I ask yeah. you a question? Yeah, for sure. In the, in the emergency room, is there a time-based uh, like a, a, a code, no, no. as you said? No. So it's however no, long are, it needs. Yeah, as long as it takes. The same way here. I mean, if we're billing, there are time-based codes that you have to be with a patient for X amount of time if you mm-hmm. want to bill that code, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't use those codes. They bill, you know, I don't use those codes because I just don't think that would be appropriate, and it wouldn't be. Uh, but uh, our... Our initial consultations are about 45 minutes, and our follow-up appointments are 10 to 15 minutes per patient. Mm. And uh, so if you have four medical assistants, each seeing four patients an hour, which Mm. four times four, that's 16 patients an hour. 16 times five is, I don't know. Somebody do the math. 16 times five would be? I need a calculator. 15, 30, 45. Well, then what comes after that? 60, 75 plus... (laughs) Five, eighty patients. I'm just trying to help people out here. How many patients, patients. in a five-hour? How 80. many? How many patients in a five-hour stretch at the hospital would you see? Same. Uh, hold on a sec. So, as a uh, as as a clinic, if we want to spend in follow-up with patients, mm-hmm. fifteen minutes per patient, which is still more than night, like still ninety-five percent more than most pa- physicians spend with their patients. Um, we should be able to see about 80 patients in a follow-up clinic. That's what I used to do uh, with four medical assistants. Not a big deal at all. Seeing 50, uh, seeing 60 patients, I mean, with four, I'm, you're seeing a half hour per patient mm-hmm. in essence yeah. with four yeah. practitioners going. So that's a lot of time. Anyway, the bottom line is we spend 45 minutes to an hour with each patient on a new patient uh, when they're new and then 15 minutes with them with the face-to-face time uh, in a follow-up clinic. When I'm working a merge, oh, you're lucky if you see me for two minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I'm in a merge, uh, it's, you're in, you're out. Uh, if you've got one physician working overnight and you're seeing 40 patients, you know, you've got a – your spe- and then you've got your traumas coming and you've got and strokes. And, and, 
yeah, you're lucky. You're lucky if you do uh, any of that. But uh, I mean, that reminds me actually. One of the first things uh, I, you know, brings me to a first point. I was at a funeral today. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, for a really awesome, awesome human who's a, a physician. He was the uh, head of the uh, forensic pathology program here at uh, here in Hamilton uh, for the Hamilton region. His name was uh, Dr. John Fernandez. Um, he died with after a short bout of, uh, of uh, really aggressive cancer. Um, but something they mentioned today at their at their funeral uh, at the funeral, which was attended by hundreds of people, uh, in his door uh, to his office had a saying on it, and it went something like this: a, a positive attitude leads to a positive, or no, a good attitude leads to a good day, leads to a good week, leads to a good year, leads to a good life. And uh, I think that's something that we all tend to forget. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, staying positive and, and having that positive intention with a good attitude. Because having that good attitude, like I, I sort of makes you, it made me think today, you know, uh, what does it mean to have a good attitude? What does it mean to want to wake up and go to work? And, uh, and, um, and, and, partake in society and speak to your friends and how do you have how, how do we facilitate ourselves how do we intrinsically try to motivate ourselves to have a good day al what do you do in the morning well uh, i i smoke a lot of cannabis in the morning because i have social anxieties <laughs> and i have a hard time even going out the door to walk my dog so in the morning i got to go through a panic attack every morning and yada yada really? i wish i didn't but i do yeah yep yep so, you know, uh, just like thinking of that, would you agree? Like, I mean, I agree with it. I think, you know, a positive attitude mm-hmm. leads to yep. a positive day, yeah. yep. leads to a positive week. And so, but how do we stay positive when we, when there's so much, you know, a person is suffering from uh, mental health and, uh, and, or, or suffers from chronic pain. Um, and in our, in our business, I think at the end of the day, it's having a positive attitude that helps you get through all of that. No? I can agree. Yeah, I agree I, I, totally. I agree. Yeah. What if do you, you have see? a negative attitude, you're just going to manifest yeah. negative things. If you have so, a positive attitude, you'll start to manifest positive things. We have to remember also that somebody with mental health issues like myself, uh, with ADHD, as I'm sure you guys know, one of the one of the worst traits is feeling like nothing's done right. Like, I mean, I wake up in the morning Mm -hmm. and I panic. I've got to get everything ready to go. If I'm going to Hamilton that day, I have to remember to feed the dog. I have to remember to take the dog. And then when I get there, I'm worried if I left the stove on or, you know, and it's just an everyday thing. Now, this has been compounded more with me because I've taken all, I've removed all of my antidepressants and everything. And I'm only using cannabis for that. Um, So on days when I don't have as much cannabis as I would, uh, it's worse. And and some days is better. When I'm at the lounge, I'm fine. So let me ask you a question, Tyler. What do you see from our patients, Mm -hmm. the the difference between somebody who comes in with, you know, positive outlook on life versus uh, or on their pain versus somebody who comes in thinking there's nothing I can do and this feeling of hopelessness and helplessness? I don't know, that's probably isn't the best. Most positive people don't have a cane. Have a cane? Really? Don't. They don't. don't depend Most on people that are negative will have some kind of brace or something, especially with chronic pain. Really? People that don't, on an that's... average, I don't have talking to you. Yeah, I know. On I average, know. though, uh, Fake yeah, it, man. They're, uh, they're usually a lot happier. They're more eager to move around, They and they don't have a cane with them. They might say, oh, like, I'm sore this way this day, but... Who cares? The sun's shining outside, right? Yeah. They have yeah, a yeah. positive outcome. Whereas someone who dwells on their pain, yeah, it might be sunny outside, but I'm not going to do anything because I'm sore. You know, I never actually thought of – like that's actually a really good point. That and, is a um, good way to be putting it too. Well, I also – like I mean that's actually – I actually learned something today. And I, I wonder – I mean we should, we should test that. That's a really good point. People that you – know, people who are more positive – people you mm-hmm. find have less braces or they're yeah. not walking with canes or devices. They're not relying. Right. They're more eager to seek out ways to not have to use that stuff rather than becoming braced or crushed I, by something. I, I, 
I try and push through it. I mean, I wake up in pain and my head is spinning with, with stuff and, and it's every day. I'm used to it. You push through it. There are some days yeah. that you just can't. Right. Mm-hmm. There, I, I agree. There are some days you just can't. But having that positive attitude, I think that comes back to the idea of identifying as your pain yeah. versus trying to live next to your pain. Mm-hmm. I think one of the major things we, we, we all do, and I suffer from chronic pain myself, from all of my injuries, um, I think one of the major things that we do is we say I'm, you know, we say I'm my pain. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I can't. There's so mm-hmm. much I can't. Mm-hmm. And then we try. Then we brace it, and then we put things on it. And then we stop becoming mobile. One of the hardest parts of of bracing and using all these aids to help us is that we become reliant on those things yep. versus yes, it saying, becomes a crutch. It literally becomes a crutch or becomes a cane. Mm-hmm. So having that positive attitude and that positive outlook, I'm not myself. It's I'm not my pain. It's still sunny outside. How do I get around it? Actually, Tyler, that's really interesting. Uh, I, you know, I wonder what the correlation is there. I, I'd even almost like to do a survey on those who use devices and the the positive and that positive thinking. Because mm-hmm. you know, and I think Al, that may be a good place to start. I mean, I don't see you using any any canes and devices, which I think is very commendable. I don't, and I push through it. And as you know, I mean, when I'm when you're with me, I'm usually pretty upbeat and happy-go-lucky. Yeah. Uh, un- unfortunately, though, in my head, <laughs> you know, uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, could I control it with prescription? Yes. Do I want to? No. Well, I think what we're finding, like, I mean, I think just based on what Tyler's saying, there's this Yiddish saying called Tracht gut sein gut, meaning, <laughs> ah, fucking pulling out Yiddish, baby. Oh, yeah, man. man. Which means think good and it is good. Uh, I don't know, you know, and so literally, I think the idea behind that, it's funny, I grew up speaking all these things. That's why I know these little, you know, sayings. I only uh, know a few. It's, it's, it, the idea is. <laughs> It's not the not the idea that or not the fact that if I think things are good, eventually they're going to become better or they're going to become good or or that goodness is external to me somehow. Oh, something is good in my day. But if you think good, it literally is good. It's literally part of you. That good becomes part of you. So if you think positively, if you have that positive outlook on life, thinking the sun is still shining Cars are out there. It's a beautiful day. And if it's raining and snowing or if it's raining, hey, man, the plants are growing. Yep. Uh, you know, if you ever taken a walk in a forest on a rainy day, it's heaven. It smells literally like heaven. I love it. It's probably my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so um, so even on the, you know, the most. And so that is good. Even though something you think is so bad, it literally is so good. Yep. So if you think good, it literally is good. And that's and, and that sort of that meshing together is really what we need to focus on. Or I think all of us can use a little bit more positivity. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I got out of going to this Fernand, John Fernandez, like to his funeral today is literally he has it lit, written on his door. So I think it's something we need to remind ourselves of every single day, especially for our mental health and mm-hmm. for our well-being is that we have to think good thoughts in order for good things to happen. Whether that connectivity, you know, they say, you know, you're, you know, you are, when you think things, you manifest them or whatever. Don't put that juju in the air or whatever. It's, I don't believe that you're going like in the whole spiritual idea that somehow you're going to manifest this negative energy, but maybe what it is, is that brain mindset energy it's that thought right it's negative thoughts Mm -hmm. that are the problem it's -hmm. not the energy you're bringing into you it's not an external force at all it's an internal force no Mm -hmm. yeah i agree 100 percent. and touching on the adhd and um mental health i was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about adhd and mental health and they were speaking to the sense that when you're hyperactive and you you can actually hyper focus on things. So if you become depressed yes. when you have ADHD, it can become really bad really quickly because that's the only thing your body can mind can focus on. Right. Mm-hmm. So you need to eliminate those manifestations and, and move forward with positive goes, ones. It goes one step further though unfortunately for some. You mm-hmm. wake up, you wake up saying to yourself, I'm not going to be depressed today. 
I'm going to go out and have a good day. One little thing happens and everything. Yeah, because you instantly focus on that one thing. So it's interesting. I grew up, hey, Al, I think we spoke about it. I grew up significant with like severe ADHD. I still have it. Clearly, it's obvious. And, uh, um, you know, you, you mentioned before when you wake up you're trying to remember all these things i'll tell you the one thing that really helped me more than anything else was having an agenda was literally writing things down on an agenda mm-hmm. don't forget this that da 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 like everything was listed out mm-hmm. and that way i didn't feel stressed out literally having an agenda the, the post it note thing i rewrite I, my agenda every single day i write i, I used rewrite to write it every day i used to write my agenda like four or five times a day yeah like if i'm disorganized if i feel like things are and which is also why i get super focused on what's happening at this specific time mm-hmm. and at whatever is because if i don't i'm fully scattered and then i'm all over the place yep. and then everything sort of falls apart and i get nothing done in a day you know my dad once told me put your keys back where you left them all the time. So I have like a specific, I don't care where I am when I come into the house. I don't care what happens to me. Like those keys will go into the exact same place so that I don't have to think about it. It may be out of my way for like 30 seconds to put my keys back in the same place or to put like whatever mm-hmm. in like the same place. If I don't do that, things are lost. So that's so actually I do a that Japanese practice. Because I'm Japanese. No, but it's uh, there's a really cool, it's a cool show on Netflix about it. If you go through your actual house and look at everything and break it down into sections, remove everything that doesn't give you joy. Do you know how much like stuff you'll remove from your life, how much less cluttered everything will be? And then everything has a specific hmm. place where it goes. It helps to basically build the feng shui of your house but keep you sound because you know where everything is. You don't have to go looking for it. Everything's neat and tidy. So there's never chaos within your place that you stay the most. That's interesting. I really like that. Remove the things that don't bring you happiness. So what they do is Hmm. first place they go is they go to the bedroom and they go through the closet, completely remove anything that doesn't give you joy, get rid of it. Then they go to the kitchen. They go through everything in there. And then they go through the sentimental things in your house. And then they – it's this lady that does it. I forget the practice it's an actual practice is this that woman that the little like, tiny woman yeah on, yeah, it's yeah, her, yeah 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 on she's Netflix. like famous to super, super famous what's her jackie or i don't know her name she's it's like the very, clutter very cool. queen yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. oh that's so really like, interesting concept. i'm moving right now and i'm removing everything i thought from my she life. just taught us how to fold stuff so i never watched it she does teach you i fold my well my girlfriend folds my underwear now so it sits up perfectly <laughs> Like it's so perfect. You can't perfect. fold your own I, don't, I do laundry occasionally. I don't fold and hang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Does no, she do like the fold the and tuck fold, into each the other? proper fold. They're oh, all lined up. So but they line up When nice. you look in your yeah. closet like that in the morning, you're it like, feels thank good. God, this is all organized. Yeah. So right now, yeah, like I said, I'm moving and I'm literally throwing out so much stuff that I just – I don't know why I even have it. I think it a clean closet – Actually makes a big difference. It, I think it does. When you too. walk into your closet or your like, your you life. open your whatever and you open the mm-hmm. drawers and it looks like you can find something. It brings you peace of mind. It, do, it, it totally really does. does. I, you know, I think I think that's all part of of starting your day positive. If yeah. you start your day on a positive note, it's going to lead to a positive like positive week. Mm-hmm. That's why I like Mondays. I like coming to clinic Mondays and seeing things happen for people. Mm -hmm. I I mean, people try to bring in all this negativity. You know, you get bombarded with emails. Mondays, like the people hate Mondays because you get bombarded. Mm -hmm. But just do the things that make you happy. At the end of the day, sure, we have little responsibilities that we have to take care of throughout the day that may not bring us joy. Those are factors outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. that we have to do. But anything that we have to do, anything that is in our control should only be things that bring you that feeling of joy throughout the day. I like that idea of doing the house thing. That's a good Watch idea. Watch an episode of her show. You'll I you'll thought go she nuts. just taught me how to uh, fold clothes. Um, no, no. Does. She teaches you a, a whole style of life. Maybe yeah. you really explain oh. something to me, guys. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I was uh, always told, I guess you could say, uh, growing up, is one of, one of the issues that someone with severe ADHD has is menial tasks, doing things that are repetitious Which is, and, yeah. and daily, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and 
I find that with the right strain, that's not even a factor. But when I don't have that right strain, meh. And, and, and some people say to me, ah, you're just, you just want to smoke pot. You just want to smoke pot. Well, come and sit with me when I don't have any. And then come and sit, me, sit with me when I do and see the difference. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I hear the argument. Um, there is some evidence for the use of cannabis in ADHD. Um, it's not great evidence, but it is there. It's not going to cause harm, uh, specifically CBD, of course. Um, but that being said, I remember when Tyler Tyler once gave me this uh, chemovar or strain, whatever, uh, gave me a strain of cannabis uh, gift and said, I cleaned my whole house with it. Rex. Yeah. Was it Rex? Strains Rex. Anyway. It's strong sativa. Um Literally, it'll help you focus. But the the issue is this. People that have ADHD, here's a little science. People that have ADHD lack dopamine. Dopamine yes. is one of, the, uh, one of the neurotransmitters in your brain that's in charge of giving you things like euphoria. But it's also in charge of things that help you concentrate and cause you to shake and do all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So um, people that don't have enough dopamine – uh, hanging around tend to have ADHD from a science perspective. Cannabis interacts, both THC and CBD actually interact with the um, with the receptors that those can, that dopamine binds to in a place of your brain that causes that uh, uh, that causes you to have that lack of attention and and uh, frontal lobe issue. So there are strains that will be able to do that a little bit better. Unfortunately, we don't know what strains those are yet. Uh, but I think as research goes on and continues, we'll be able to have a better understanding. But in the meantime, is there a negative effect to using cannabis uh, for things like ADHD? It depends. It depends if you have comorbidities that include depression, anxiety, and all those other things. Because like you said, it can also worsen those things. Yes. We tend to perseverate, mm-hmm. which means we tend to focus pretty highly on one thing that we can do. Ask me to do menial tasks, I'll never get them done. Mm. If there's 10 things in a day I have to do, we'll be lucky if I do one, unless I literally have an email or a text that says, do one, do two, do three, do four. You're best telling me to do two things in an hour, tell me to do another two things, than giving me a a list of 12 things to do at one time. These guys see it all the time. At the end of every clinic, they say, can you just do? And all I want to do is just go. Because, like, I'm ready to go. I don't want to do these little small things. And that's the lack of dopamine. So we take these medications that help keep dopamine lying around a little bit longer. Uh, But one of the main things that we can do in the morning for people that have ADHD who want to live a more positive life. And I'm not even saying, you know, Al, you said one thing to me. You said or you said one thing. You said, I'm going to have a good day. Mm -hmm. So the idea of going to already detaches yourself from the good day. Ah, uh, okay. Do you hear so what just, I'm saying? Just just have a good day. It's a good day. No. Good okay. day. Good day. Okay. Good day. It's a good right. day. I'm not going to have because if I'm going, I have to wait for something to happen. Ah, okay. It is a good day. Okay. I woke up, it's a good day. That's amazing. Today's great. Today's great. But there's no going to be great. It's guh. It's uh. The anticipation. I know the idea. I mean, it does sound a little stoic, of course, because, uh, you know, in stoicism, the anticipation of things, you always, you, you just sets you up to be let down. But, you know, so they always, that's why, that's why stoics focus on like the worst case scenario. But let's not focus on what's going to be. Let's focus on the moment. So living moment in in that moment, living presently, today is good. Today is good. It's not going to be good. It is good. Is that positive attitude, is that good attitude that leads to a good day, that leads to a good week, that leads to a good year. So Mm -hmm. that's – and that leads to a good life. That is the stuff that we need to focus on. I do have one weird habit. I Whenever I'm in any situation, I always – evaluate the worst possible outcome no matter what that's a good that's not a bad thing though i do that all anything any situation i'm in i prepare myself for the worst always snowball on you though well so yes and no so i mean i happen to agree a little bit i focus i'm the same way that's the stoic perspective Mm -hmm. uh in stoicism it's look at the worst possible case scenario because it's never really as bad never gonna be that bad right and then doctor though don't you have to do that though 
focus on the worst case scenario. Yeah, the truth is, as an emergency physician, that's what I'm always looking to rule out. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't go in saying, oh, everything's great, you got a little cold. I'm going in saying that you're dying and prove me wrong. Yeah. That's that's basically how I practice in the emergency department is what's the worst case scenario? What mm-hmm. could this be? And now let's rule the let's rule the worst case scenario out. If somebody comes in and, uh, uh, for example, is having trouble breathing, uh, but has a known history or is having a panic attack, has a known history of panic attacks. I don't go in saying this is a panic attack, even though, uh, you know, if it walks like a duck, yeah, quacks yeah, like a duck, yeah. it's likely a duck. I go in saying if it walks like a duck quacks like a duck, it's likely a zebra. And uh, and so if I can go in and say, ask very specific questions, rule out the worst case scenarios, then I'm like, mm, it's anxiety, out you go. And then they're like, oh, uh, you know, you didn't really help me. Well, I did. I just told you that Calm everything is amazing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, that's what I learned today from... Uh, oh, so my girlfriend always gets mad at me for thinking of the worst scenario. Really? Because I'll let her know, I'm like, this is what I'm thinking. If just be ready, like this could happen. And she's like, why the fuck? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like, I think well, like that too. I just know if it's not if you positive, have that, though. it's well, I have that, but it makes everything else positive. Right. It's never that bad. It is. It's never that bad. The problem, though, if you, it's also okay to feel like that if you don't have to like suffer from depression on a regular basis Mm -hmm. if you go in thinking doom and gloom all the time everything is going to be doom yeah that's i'm not like i just say say i walk into a bar right i see the closest exit because i know shit could pop off right (laughs) that's an example right right there or if i'm in a scenario with a bunch of new people be like well i'll try and read the scenario and be like what are things i can't say what if i said this would be the worst thing i could say would be the best thing i could say what kind of that bars do you stuff. go to that that like oh I guess you know I know your environment any, any bar and just always have your back to a wall things like that right. you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I bounced yeah. all through my 20s and I've been doing security at the lounge for for events as well and it's you know you see a guy standing at the door ask can I see your ID can I see your ID can I see your ID and but you know it's very repetitive and you go into that mindset. Like I can't walk into a bar without being in that mindset where I'm watching everything. Right. Yep. yep. So a couple of things that I want to talk. Oh, actually, there's one other thing I wanted to say. I did a post just yesterday. I took it down really quickly because uh, uh, there was an executive in New York that uh, was arrested finally um, for uh, uh, being – Yeah, for literally peddling opioids. It was a pharma company. Yeah. And uh, they're finally starting to take down some of these executives who are um, who who are heavily involved with that. My response was like, "Yes, I was really happy." And then I took that down because Naz, uh, my wife, happened to mention, and she's right: is I don't wish that these things happened. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy that that had to happen. Um, I wish they didn't have to happen. And, of course, he's still innocent until proven guilty. And I don't want to be part of, you know, part of a media uh, that, you know, or part of a mob that believes everybody's guilty until proven innocent. Mm -hmm. I've been in that situation as well. So I think we've got to always give somebody the benefit of the doubt until due diligence is done. But, of course, I am happy that they are, that the government and that people are starting to look at it. But at the end of the day, it's not just his fault. It's our, all of our faults. Mm-hmm. We're all involved with this, with you know, with this opioid crisis. Somebody had to go to their doctor and say, "I want the opioid, and I want to manipulate and keep on going." Mm-hmm. And then you have to have, you know, you have to have the doctor on the other end or the healthcare practitioner that says, "Okay, no problem. Here you go." And then you have to have the pharma company that says, "You know, I'm going to keep producing these, and we should, you know, give some money back mm-hmm. over to whomever so that they keep giving these things." So the problem isn't with one person; it's a full spectrum of people we're all responsible for that for that problem so full circle yeah it's it's all of our responsibilities to deal with it's not just big pharma's responsibility it's our responsibility Mm -hmm. as well so i apologize for putting that up i was going to do a post on it today and maybe i will later on all right uh, it's a really good article i read it yeah i i saw that article and for the record i have never other than after surgery uh, uh, taken a script for opiates. I've always refused them, and 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 I, it it's 
people don't realize it, it's it's something that I could use that would help. But uh, the outcome, wow! I've seen a lot of people go down the drain on those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would stay as far away as you can. There is a time and a place, by the way. If we're going to talk about opioids, and I will be this weekend uh, giving a lecture at Ocannabis on um, opioid reduction using cannabinoids and the state of the opioid crisis in uh, Ontario, we're certainly, you know, the numbers are not getting any better. Last year we had, in 2018, we had uh, about 390 phone calls to um, paramedics for uh, opioid overdoses. Uh, you know, we're already, we're at only at, what, April? And we've had 250 mm -hmm. already this year alone. So the opioid crisis isn't getting any better. It's not getting any better. And uh, and how we're going to deal with that? I mean, hopefully cannabinoids. Like mm -hmm. I'm sure Tyler, do you see the cannabinoids helping for opioids? Do you see yeah, our patients? Yeah, see it every day, 100%. I do have a question though. I yeah. Have one question. So I was laying in a bed with a broken jaw in the U.S. in a hospital bed, and they brought in like three different pills and wanted me to take them. What yeah. would those have been? I refused to take them. Well, you weren't in that much pain. I was in a shit ton of pain. My, my jaw was broken in two places. I was in agonizing pain. But you didn't want to take I them. I refused to take them because I don't trust anything that doctors give right. me like that. That's great. Okay, so they're, they're, they, they probably, didn't tell me what they were they, either. Right. They're pro right. They are pain medications mm -hmm. probably. So here's the thing. There is a place, a time and a place to use opioids. It's not mm -hmm. like let's not use pain medication. The number one reason people present to emerge is pain. Yeah. And in acute pain from fractures, breaks like or like trauma of some sort mm -hmm. in the acute or surge post-surgery in the acute phase, no longer than three days max, people should could use a narcotic because mm -hmm. it's helpful. It will blunt the pain response. Mm -hmm. uh, but anything longer than that, one, there's no evidence for and two, just leads to addiction and, and death mm -hmm. and problems and societal issues and all the other things that are happening. So there is a place, a time and a place for all of these things. I just uh, so I think maybe you probably should have taken it at that time, but but hard to say. Yeah, I don't know. That was a weird situation. They also prescribed me something and I did not take it. They really? also wanted to wire my jaw shut and I refused to do that. That's but my crazy. jaw is totally good now. Everything's yeah. good. Well, A, I was in the U.S. How much would it Talk have cost? Talk about a sec. One second. How much would it have cost to get my jaw wired? Thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. So definitely didn't want to do that. Let's talk about K2, though. Oh, That's okay. been in the news. Yeah, quick section on K2. All right. So let me uh, – all right, it's the cannabis stuff, guys. Um, so how do you – so there are different cannabinoids out there, right? There's herbal mm -hmm. cannabis. When we talk about herbal cannabis, we're talking about THC, CBD, all the cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, all that go into that. But then at the same time, we have synthetic cannabinoids. Synthetic cannabinoids include things like K2 spice – um, and, uh, things like salvia. Now, Al, you were telling me before that when, about a decade ago, when these things first started coming onto the market and I'll tell you, there's still, Canada's taken them off, but the U S you could still get them at the gas station. Oh yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, these things are, synth when I say synthetic, it's not like when, you know, synthetic cannabinoids. It's not or, like or, sesamet or, or now it's not like sesamet. It's not like synthetic pharmaceutical grade uh, cannabis. was on for five years. Exactly, like Sesamet, Sativex, yeah. all those types of things. Yeah. What these are are like some back alley produced synthetic cannabinoids that are produced for one purpose. Usually sprayed They're, on some kind of a, uh, yeah. a flower or something. Yeah, well, you could produce it. They come as a flower. You can then you can then extract it into a uh, into a salve or into a spray so that you can spray it on your actual cannabis, and it is literally like a hundred times more powerful or binds to the receptors that cause you to become euphoric and disoriented a hundred times more, sometimes even higher than that uh, than uh, THC is. So it's like taking carfent, like, you know, people that take carfentanil and die right away. Yeah. It's the same kind of idea for cannabis. Those cannabinoids, one, are toxic to you. They can cause severe bleeding disorders. They can cause your lungs to collapse. They can cause your lungs to become toxic. They can cause you to become delirious, uh, dissociate from reality, uh, become schizophrenic. 
you become schizophrenic, basically. Remember a couple of years ago, uh, we watched the news, and uh, there were these guys on the side of the road in Florida that were uh, eating the guy's face. Yeah, biting yeah. their faces off. Bath salts. So those were bath salts. Yeah. That's, bath salts are cannabinoids. Those mm-hmm. are synthetically produced cannabinoids, the same wow. as K2 and spice. Yep. So if you want that shit to happen, K2 and spice. But that you should literally stay as far away from that stuff as possible. As, as so you the, mentioned before uh, uh, before you started talking about it, we tried some of this stuff back 10 years ago on the air. And my co-host just went wangy. What I didn't like, what was really upsetting and, and bothersome, was it's a straight up in the air high instantly. And then after about 10 or 15 minutes, you're back down smacking your face on the ground. It's, it's that instant. And it's, it's, yeah. yeah. The reason why it's that instant is because it binds so heavily to that CB1 receptor. It binds like, and it's not letting go. So you just, Ah. you get high right away, but you get higher and higher and and higher. And and then you drop. Until, well, you have two options. Either you drop or you die. Mm. That's, those are your two options. Because all your, your body will release all of its chemicals to try to counteract it. You may have no chemicals left and you become an agitated delirium. Your heart rate goes up and then you can die. So you have to be really careful. Have you looked into this yet? The reason I tried that Flocka is the newest form of this stuff. Hold on. That's like 10 times stronger. Say that again. Flocka. Do you know it's, it's all over the place in Florida now? It's like never heard of way stronger. It's yeah. this alpha PVP. What it's is pink it? crystals that are way more potent than any synthetic yeah. cannabinoid. It's made from those. Really? It's killing people in Florida it, right now. Just stay away from all of this shit. Honestly, at the end of the day, this is one of the problems though with the black market is if you're wanting to keep your, you know, your uh, your clientele hooked, it's super addictive. Yep. You yep. just spray a little bit of K2 on your mm-hmm. uh, on your flowers. Yep. And then somebody takes them, has no fucking idea what they're doing. And it is and uh, and the next then yeah, and the next thing you know, you end up in the hospital. And so they're also one note, mixing in fentanyl with it. Something you know, there's you oh, know, I've seen yeah. it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, in emerge, we see it all. But yeah, if people are mixing fentanyl. People are mixing K two. People, you know, whatever. We're seeing all this stuff. So just you know, that's one of the things I think we should be careful of. Um, and that's really the difference. So how do you see the difference? The difference is the flowers are a little bit, or the leaves are, or the flower is a little bit lighter. They're a little bit uh, not as tight tightly compacted Mm -hmm. and uh usually it's always loose leaf so you're never going to see uh you're never going to see it'll all look like shape yeah Yeah, it's it's already been chopped and sprayed that's right it's already been chopped and sprayed so just stay away from that stuff if you're getting only shake stay away from it and uh and that's that yeah and if you're looking to actually use cannabis medicinally shake isn't the best place to go you're missing out on a lot of your cannabinoids because the cannabinoids are found in the trichomes which fall off when you make shake so you're losing half of your goodness in that right totally don't use shake unless you're making edibles yeah Yeah, i was just gonna say it's great for edibles yeah you know here's the thing that i i don't get um and i know we had this discussion tyler Mm -hmm. um after you vaped your cannabis the brown stuff you use for baking in high amounts you can okay high amounts all, yeah, yeah, but all your cannabinoids are pretty vape, pretty much vaped off. Terpenes blown, everything's gonzo. What do you do? Not one hundred percent. Think of it as a decarbing. Decarbing, you're heating it up to almost that temperature. It's and just, just a little bit. Decarb just turns right. it a little. All bit you're doing is removing that that carboxinate when you're decarbing. You're yeah. heating it up a little bit more, so you're removing more of it, but you'll never get one hundred percent of it. Uh huh. So you just if, if you use a lot. You of have it. to have a lot of it to make anything really potent. All right. It's like shake, from what I understand and what I've tried. It's like shake, but it 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 will give you a very very uh, uh, oh crap. What's the word? Um, the taste, uh, a very earthy taste. Yes. Oh, like uh, chlorophyll. Nutty. Yeah, it's because there's a lot of plant. You're talking matter. about chlorophyll. Mm-hmm. Is, and is that the nutty matter. the nutty flavor? Is that the chlor- yeah? That's the yeah. nutty. I'm not a chlorophyll fan at all. That's no, why you know. Like, yeah. 
that's that's why you use extracts. There's no chlorophyll. Well, if you don't, if, right? If but it, you know, the longer you keep your cannabis in the water while yeah. while you're heating it, the more chlorophyll mm-hmm. you're gonna get, and the more dank, yeah, dank, and that's smell. Sure. So that's why you don't use a lot of water when you're making stuff. You can use a lot of water. You just don't want to keep it in there too long. Okay, that's yeah. that's the key. I don't use water at all when I make I don't butter. either. I, the only thing I will Reason do... Reason being, when you add water, you add in bacteria. Chances yes. for bacteria. You should you use distilled. Well, when you make a cap distilled of water. water. Yeah, Sorry. you should use very clean water or... Distilled water. When you use, like... The main thing is sep- you want to separate the cannabis from the, the, the water. And that's what it's doing. All you need to do is use a French coffee press. Pour your whole solution in there. Press it down. Everything will separate for you very easily. When, sorry, use your so, – So when you're making butter with water, the water separates and the butter yes. goes. So there's no leaf in it. Right? right. Yes. All right. So you pour the whole solution into, say, your magic butter machine without the bag or anything. Let it run. Let it infuse completely. Take that solution. Which solution are you talking about? Your butter and your bud. Okay. Right there. Pour all of that into a French coffee press. That screen does not allow anything to go through finer than a friggin' tiny micron. Push that down. Press everything out of that left a little bit. Instead of squeezing it out of cheesecloth, press it with the French press. Boom. All right there. Really? Huh. That's the techniques I teach in my classes. Really? Saves I you time. Use water. Water. I use a and potato with that, squisher. Hold on, hold on. So with, with water, if you don't separate it all, bacteria will build up. You can't store it for more than two days because yeah. it will be full of bacteria. Right. With no water, you can store it easily up to 30 days in your fridge, six months if you freeze so it. So you just yeah. use butter and water? Butter oh, and, sorry, butter butter and, and bud. bud. Butter and decarbed bud. That's all I and then you put it, But you put it into your butter maker. I put it into my butter machine, but if you do it right on the stove, you just have to make sure that you never reach boiling point. Right, of course. That's all the butter machine is doing is maintaining it below boiling point mm-hmm. for – about three hours, and then you. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Just taking out the water, it, may, it make, maybe makes it a little more difficult to it's extract. You probably lose a lot more. No, no. no you, if anything, I think you gain more. You're really? using less. You're using less material that it can be infused into. Or right, lose like the water. Into. Yeah, I think it's. And if you look into like a lot of very well respected cannabis chefs, none of them use water. Really? Because they can't store the product. They, right. Their fear of having contaminants in yeah. it from the water. You have to use uh, distilled water. You can't just use tap water. Still, even if your butter's made and you don't know what's in that butter, if there's a pocket of air, bacteria will build in there. Yeah, but you, you have to separate that after, it, after it's it in the – It separates automatically, but if you don't do it properly, it won't. Oh, if you leave it in the fridge till it hardens and then you take it off and then you just take it It doesn't always – always completely separate it can be trapped in there yeah i mean i hear that i hear that okay that's a good idea i'm gonna try that no water no water it's my preferred method as long as you can keep it at the right temperature water is also there so that it doesn't boil over correct that keeps it at the cooler temperatures yeah because if you boil the butter and get it too hot it will taste like crap all right well guys um one last thing that i wanted to talk about um because tyler has to take off the truth is if you gotta go tyler i don't want to keep you here all right i gotta go i'm going to arizona so i gotta go do some stuff all right tyler's out tyler's going mm. to arizona all right it's, have fun uh, fly safe look at that everybody's fly taking safe. off it's just gonna end up being you and me today to, oh it's gonna be a nice end. some rounds of golf all right and have stuff. fun all right see everybody oh you gotta take your computer don't you shit um well, well that doesn't on, work in all in all reality well, I want it when I get home. Yeah, I'll you'll need it. Work. You'll need your phone. You'll need it. Okay, I just wanted to say one last thing. Yeah, Give me two seconds. Okay. Here's my uh, my last thought here. Talk about cannabis addiction. And uh, we just came out of Canacrawl, right? Yep. Canacrawl, which was excellent. Al, thanks for coming out. And thanks to everybody. And thanks to Rena and uh, Hamilton Vape Lounge and everybody that uh, put that on. Uh, thanks to Tyler and, and uh, Al for uh, podcasting. Or actually, we did a radio show. Uh, we did it live. So doing four the radio hours thing, worth. It was four hours. Ah, huh? wow. Almost. Yeah. It did fly by. It was a lot of fun. Some people that were kind of weird and intimidated by it. Most. Oh my God! The funniest moment is when I walked into that vape lounge or no that smoke house whatever the <laughs> fuck it was honestly okay i walk into this place al i wish you guys could have seen when i walked I, in uh, i've been telling people about that <laughs> rena takes me in and uh i'm i'm i have my uh my microphone or my whatever that thing's mic with me and uh 
you know, I map these things to promote health and wellness and to try to get people to vape over smoke. I walk in, literally a puff of cloud hits me in the face. I'm dying. My throat starts hurting. And then uh, and uh, I walk in. I'm like, hey, everybody. I literally said, I, my name is my, my name's Dr. Ira Price. I'm here, and I'm trying to promote health and wellness. Will we all vape? Let's start maybe. And I come bearing gifts, and I had my vape with me. Nobody gave a shit, and they literally started laughing at me. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. They would have loved it. Yeah. They're all dabbing. Oh, big time. My, all right. Somebody asked me how, just quickly, somebody asks me uh, how the how the night went. And I said, it's great, until Ira went into the smoking room and he walked in and said, hi, I'm Ira Price, Dr. Ira Price, and I want to talk to you about combustion. And everybody looked at him like, get the fuck out of here, old man. They did. And they even literally said that. Listen, old man, we got the youngins over here. I was looked oh at like an God. old man. It was really sad. Anyway. Well, that's weird because vaping's new. Smoking's old. Yeah. yeah. So they got it backwards. They do. Yep. All right, Al. Um, I think that was a blast today. We did a nice, quick, short one. And uh, maybe you should take a, a little bit of a break. And um, I don't know. I think everybody have an amazing week. Uh, Tyler, stay positive. Everybody, stay positive. Tyler's heading out of town, and so he's going to be positive. Very positive for sure. Arizona is a beautiful place. It is, but we're going to wake up in the morning here, and we're yeah. not going to say it's going to be good. We're going to say it is good. It's great. It is. It's good. great. It's all for good. Sure. And keep that thought in your head. Yeah. It's good. And it's good. Everything if you, just. If you feel like your life is cluttered, remove things that don't give you joy. Yeah. You don't need things that don't give you joy. They're useless. That Useless. includes people. Yes, people bring you down too. Yep, one hundred percent. All right, everybody, have a great right, week. Guys. I'll see you next week. All right, thanks Ciao. for joining. Woo. See you later, Al. I'm gonna shut my computer down. Yep. See you later. Radio. The opinions expressed during this show are those of the individual participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of their associated organizations or lifestyle radio.